0: So, never fear. I'll stay on it.
1: You'll you'll stay on it.
0: I'm going to keep looking. (laughs) Circle back. Circle back. And I'm going to keep looking for even just. I'll do a keyword search for abortion or termination of pregnancy, right? And I'll just because I haven't found. Is there?
1: There's no constitutional right to murder. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. This is a husband and wife show where we share behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features where we're currently working on a new documentary project called The Mind Polluters. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of this show, and joining me is my husband.
0: Yeah, As usual. Uh, Hello.
1: (laughs) So with over 30 years of combined experience in the motion picture industry, we are creating movies from a biblical perspective about the issues impacting our culture and society and showing the church at work. You can learn more about us and the movies we are making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place for you to make that one time or monthly donation to help bring these timely films to the marketplace, as we are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on donations to make these movies and this podcast possible. You become a force multiplier for truth when you partner with us through our nonprofit fearless features. So, mm-hmm. today we are finishing up our conversation with Kathy Humbarger at Right to Life Northeast Indiana as we really wanted to bring somebody in to te- talk about the Texas abortion law that just went into effect and
0: which we talked about pretty thoroughly last week. Right. So, if you are still trying to figure out what all that is about, go back to part 1 with Kathy last week. Mhm. And she does a pretty good job of explaining it.
1: Yeah, you can search the archives, go to fearlessfeatures.org. It's where you can click on the podcast tab and you can find all of the shows there and all the show notes. So today, so we're going to pick up part two. And what are we talking about?
0: So part two, we're talking about it. It it ties in with the Texas law because the players are the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking more specifically about what we have seen happen here in Indiana. We have been dealing with whole women's health as an organization for several years here because Mm -hmm. the 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 gap that was left, if you will, when George Klopfer uh, was finally shut down. Mm -hmm. So he had clinics in Fort Wayne south bend and gary so he covered the whole northern half of the state Mm
2: -hmm.
1: now he wasn't the only abortionist but he was a key player in indiana
0: right because there is a pretty large planned parenthood in valparaiso or merrillville area so southeast chicago area that's still operating but uh, whole women's health is oh, they're a Planned Parenthood kind of wannabe organization and they're out of Texas. And you're going to hear Kathy talk about um, the woman who runs Whole Woman's Health and how all of this is tied in with what we have dealt with here in Indiana because they opened a clinic in South Bend to do pill abortions.
1: Right, unlicensed. And they
0: have been unlicensed the entire time. Yep. Uh, Thanks to a federal judge who has committed some abominable uh, acts. And Kathy's going to talk about that Mm -hmm. in in the podcast. But before that, Mm -hmm. we've got some correlating news here that we wanted to share.
1: Yeah. So go ahead. Do you want to go with yours first?
0: Yes, I have one. Uh, This is from InfoWars. And again, all these stories are linked in the show notes. Um, Report. Half of abortionists at Texas Clinic left their jobs over the Heartbeat Act. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. A report from a pro-abortion rights news outlet, which pretty much describes all of them, uh, said Wednesday half of the abortionists at Whole Women's Health Clinic in Fort Worth have left their jobs. Geez, I feel really bad for them. Uh, Since Texas's Heartbeat Act went into effect on September 1st.
1: And if you remember, the the Heartbeat Act meant that anytime a fetal heartbeat is detected, which is usually about six weeks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: anyone is allowed to sue the abortionist for killing that child.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh, quite interesting. And so far, it's uh, proving to be quite ingenious because mm-hmm. uh, this explains why the Supreme Court did not get involved because it. It's not enforceable by the government.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a civil matter. hmm And quite interesting. Um, uh, yeah, the, the abortion officials refer to pro-life groups and individuals as extremists. Of course. Uh, quote, just because we are complying with SB8, that's the heartbeat bill, doesn't stop extremists from saying that we are defying SB8, said Amy Hagstrom Miller. You're going to hear about her today. The CEO of Whole Woman's Health, quote, "Even with compliance, there is a reasonable amount of threat that our staff and our doctors have to weigh. There is still so much risk to them."
1: Right. Um,
0: Amy Hagstrom Miller. sorry, not sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are baby killers, and this law is just the first step. so right. congratulations on being held accountable.
1: So of course, it's no surprise about where our current administration stands on the issue of life as their Department of Justice, an article here from Fox News. Again, these links are in the show notes. You can read them for yourself. Judge rejects DOJ move to block Texas abortion law. So the DOJ had asked the judge to grant a temporary restraining order or an injunction in an effort to block the state from enforcing the law that effectively bans all abortions in Texas. Prohibiting the procedure passed roughly six weeks into pregnancy. So here's their argument for this. Mm-hmm. So the DOJ argued that the bill signed into law by Texas Greg Abbott would, quote, prevent women from exercising their constitutional rights.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny that that should be brought up because I happen to have a copy of the U.S. Constitution right here. Uh, I am I am actually one of those people. That uh, carries a Bible in one pocket and a Constitution and Declaration of Independence in the other. Uh-huh. So That's my husband. <laughs> that's me. They are the sacred documents. So, and I, I've i been looking here. So, it's, let me just, just do a general review here. Article 1 of the Constitution is about the legislative branch.
1: Uh-huh.
0: What they can and can't do and how they conduct things. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's not in there. Uh, let's see, Article Two, the Executive Power. Okay, so that's the Executive Branch. Okay, there's that's, our guns. That's no. Oh no, wait, 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 no where were you? That's the office at? of the President. That's the Article. These are the. Art- we haven't gotten to the oh, amendments. Oh,
1: okay, You're not the amendments. Okay.
0: Okay, Article Three is about the Judicial Branch. <clears throat> um, article Four, no. Article five, no. Article no. See, it's not article seven. Ratification of the conventions of nine states. No, it's not in there. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe I missed it. It's in the Bill of Rights, right? Oh yeah. Bill of Rights Day was just the other day, Uh so I I looked the amendments to the Constitution. Because
1: because what you're looking for you're you're looking for I'm looking for
0: the right to an abortion. Yeah,
1: their constitutional right right to kill another human being.
0: Yes, I'm looking for a, a abortion. Because they they always say this is their constitutional right. Uh-huh. So I'm going to the Constitution to find this right to abortion. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so the First Amendment is, uh, no, it's not the First Amendment. This is freedom of speech and religion and assembly. Second Amendment is one of my favorites. Well,
1: that's my favorite.
0: Right. Well-regulated yeah. militia being necessary. To the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Hallelujah. That is the (laughs) amendment that protects all the rest of them. Uh, Third Amendment. No, it's about quartering soldiers. Uh, Fourth Amendment. I think that this is what they always point to. Okay. Okay.
1: Read it to me. Give it to me straight.
0: Because it's like this (laughs) right of of privacy thing, (laughs) Right? right? Fourth Amendment. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue. But upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized.
1: I don't think that's it.
0: No, that has to be it. That didn't you you didn't you don't understand the context there. What they were saying by <laughs> the right of the people to be secure in their persons is and murder their child
1: uh, in the womb. Oh boy, that's a stretch. Maybe
0: not I don't know. So it's uh Article five, uh self incrimination. No, that's not it. Um Article six, a speedy public trial. Article seven, no. Uh, Article 8, excessive bail. Article 9, um, no.
1: How many many articles are there? Well,
0: in the original Bill of Rights, I believe, was the first 10 amendments. Maybe it's the 10th amendment. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. I don't think that's it either.
1: (laughs) I'll be honest. I just got lost what you just said.
0: I... Well, the 10th Amendment is states' rights, right? Uh, in other words... I'm just
1: saying I'm going to have to go and read it. You know, we'll, we'll leave a link to the documents. So you can right. read them. <laughs>
0: so, in other words, uh, any power that's not explicitly given to the federal government by the Constitution is reserved to the states or to the people. So, never fear. I'll stay on it.
2: You'll,
1: you'll stay and on it?
0: I'm going to keep circle looking. Back. Circle I'm back. to <laughs> circle back, and I'm going to keep looking for... Even just to, I'll do a keyword search for abortion or termination of pregnancy. Right. And I'll just because I have murder. Found Is there
1: it. there's no constitutional right to murder? I haven't found it yet. No, I mean,
0: so anyway, the uh, because
1: the, and isn't it fascinating because why have all the abortionists left their jobs in Texas? Well, half of them. What was the article?
0: It was half of them. Half of at, them. At the one clinic.
1: At the one clinic?
0: Because they're afraid of being sued. Right. Yeah.
1: Because why? Let's break it down. Why? Because you know inherently what you're doing mm-hmm. is killing a life. You're, mm-hmm. you're killing another human being. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but I'll keep looking. You keep because looking. Because I'm sure that the media would not lead us astray. And I am... <laughs> I have the utmost <laughs> confidence in our federal government. Oh, right. And in our judicial system. Uh-huh. That they have not misconstrued any of this. Right. Right.
1: Well, with that.
0: No, I have one more.
1: Oh, he has one more article. I do. Here I'm trying to cut him I off. Have
0: <laughs> one more. No, don't 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 no no no. You're gonna like this one because okay. this is our last one here before we get to Kathy is from San Francisco.
1: Oh. I you know. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder how anybody survives out there.
0: <laughs> California based Salesforce pledges to help employees relocate out of Texas over the abortion law.
1: Oh, give me a break.
0: <clears throat> Salesforce, the San Francisco based software company, is offering to relocate employees out of Texas over the Lone Star State's controversial abortion law.
1: Everybody wants to make a statement.
0: So, <laughs> I have a couple comments, but let me read okay, a few more Okay, okay, go on. The message, which was obtained by CNBC. All right. You know it's going
1: to be good. You know it's going to be good.
0: These are incredibly personal issues that direct, directly impact many of us, okay. especially women.
1: Okay, let's just or stop. for the children. No, stop for a minute. So, you're telling me there's... Constitution? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's my right. There is a business mm-hmm. that basically, read that sentence again. What What was it?
0: These are incredibly personal issues that directly impact many of us. So
1: basically their their business model and stance is you should have the right to go and kill your children.
0: As a company, we <laughs> stand with all of our women at Salesforce and everywhere. Oh, my word. With that being said, if you have concerns about access to reproductive health care in your state, Salesforce will help relocate you and members of your immediate family.
1: Okay, it's so important for you to go and kill your child that you can, they're helping you run away. Just keep running away. Right. Because that's going to magically fix everything. Right.
0: I would be really curious to see how many. Ugh their employees may have taken them up on this because if you're purposely living in texas the last thing that you're concerned about is (laughs) leaving texas right right and Um,
1: relocating to san francisco is that what you were saying is that where they (laughs) were
0: relocate um to relocate out of texas oh just out of texas yeah
1: generally all right
0: so and uh and they, Indiana has a role in this too because they came after Indiana back in 2015. Oh, right. Today we are canceling all programs that require our customers or employees to travel to Indiana to face <laughs> discrimination.
2: <laughs>
0: that was March 2015. What? So, how stupid? Other San Francisco-based okay. companies like Uber and Lyft have said they will pay the legal fees of any Texas drivers who incur fines related to the law. Under the law, ride-sharing drivers could face fines of up to $10,000 if they drive a woman to an abortion clinic.
1: Okay, you remember how a few weeks ago we were talking... Oh, you've got more. I found it. Okay.
0: (laughs) I found it. We were just talking about where in the Constitution. Here it is. This law is incompatible with people's basic rights to privacy.
1: It was the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth
0: Amendment, right? <laughs> what? I don't want to go back to the Fourth Amendment. You go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm gonna no, what scour I... the Fourth Amendment here
1: because <laughs>
0: I, I must have missed something. They're so much smarter than we are in San Francisco.
1: So wait a minute. No, I was gonna say it. It just made me think of a few weeks ago when we were sharing about you know everybody is finally realizing they're no longer teaching academics in school. It's all about activism, right? And. That's what these that's what these businesses are doing. Mm-hmm. This is just activism on steroids. Yeah. Anyway,
0: I'm I'm. Oh, you well, got to read it. Go yeah. ahead. OK, we are. We folks, we
1: are going to get to Kathy. I promise this law
0: is <laughs> incompatible with people's basic rights to privacy. All right. That points to the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons.
1: It has to stop there. They,
0: houses, papers and effects, maybe effects. No unreasonable search and seizure is that is that in you have to stop at person shall not be button maybe because do they need to get a warrant to go (laughs) kill your baby
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say to examine the woman. <laughs> to examine. <laughs> Sorry, maybe, I didn't mean Maybe laugh. there's a search warrant. <laughs> I
0: need to search you for a baby.
1: Well, that's what the Texas heartbeat law is.
0: Right. Uh, I, maybe. Do I, do maybe. I,
1: maybe that's. Maybe. See, maybe. The that's, ultrasound
0: is probable cause. That's what it is. Oh. 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 They got to have. They should wow. support that. Wow. They should support ultrasounds because it gives probable cause.
1: It's really interesting. I would love to, like, talk <clears throat> to somebody. On the opposite side of this and see what their reasoning is. <laughs> there is no
0: reasoning over there. They're, they're just smarter than the rest right. of us. That's right? cool. Whatever. So it's just, it's best if we just comply.
1: Right. And we're going to comply right now with giving you the interview we promised you at the beginning of the show. So thank you for sticking around. Now here's part two with Kathy Humbarger. So last week on our podcast, we were sharing with our listeners about what was happening with the new Texas bill protecting babies in Texas. But we also have similar bills and laws and cases being heard in Indiana can you can you tell our listeners about what's going on here in Indiana and how that kind of is similar to what's happening in Texas? Be
2: glad to. Um, usually, when I talk to people about court cases, their eyes glaze over. So yeah. I try yeah. to make this as interesting <laughs> as possible. But Whole Woman's Health started in Texas, and um, they are a key player front and center on many of these court cases. Mm-hmm. After um, Abortionist Clouffer was closed in South Bend, they were without an abortion provider for uh, two or three years, first time in decades that there hadn't been abortions uh, performed in South Bend. But uh, Holwinds Health, uh, again, in Texas, uh, challenged a law that the Texas legislature passed, and they won at the Supreme Court level. And Amy Hegstrom Miller is the um, founder... And I would call her the owner of the whole women's health chain. So when they won that Supreme Court decision, she stood on the steps of the, of the Supreme Court and said, what happens in Texas doesn't stay in Texas. And did she ever mean it? Uh, they had their eyes and on Indiana and, um, came to Indiana and under a fictitious, uh, corporation purchased property in South Bend. And uh, the reason that they they stated this publicly, that they came to Indiana, was to challenge the common sense rules and regulations that we have on the books to regulate abortion providers. They don't get a pass. They claim to be medical providers. We don't want abortions to be done. We hate abortion. We want want to see the day when there are no more. Mm -hmm. But they are legal at this point, and we want women protected. So they... Ultimately, filed for a license, and because of Reprotection's proactive uh, work, we routinely request license applications for any abortion provider that is attempting to open a, a business here in Indiana. We typically get back, you know, no records that are responsive to your request, mm-hmm. meaning nobody's filed. Right. Well, four days after Holman's Health filed for their application, we found that on a routine request that there was an application. So we immediately began looking into Holowinds Health, and we were able to compile three big ring binders of information, which we turned over to the authorities. Now, they never told me exactly what they did with the information we gave them, but they also did um, their own investigation. And as the the hearings proceeded, we heard a lot of the information that we had provided come out in testimony. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, the Indiana State Department of Health denied the license twice, as a matter of fact. Well, actually, the first time they denied it, the second time it was still pending. But Holmes Health wasn't willing to wait for the resolution of that. And they had already filed an omnibus court case challenging almost all of our regulations that Mm. we had spent decades putting in place here in Indiana, which is exactly what they promised to do. Mm -hmm. So this went on for a while. And ultimately, when they didn't get a license, they reached back into that original lawsuit and pulled out the piece that was challenging the right of the state to, to uh, license abortion facilities. Well, this things happened kind of concurrently, uh, but it, it led to the result that um, uh, they were allowed to open with what the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals described as a provisional license. Now, they cited Indiana Code, but the definition of a provisional license in Indiana Code does not match their, their court order. Mm-hmm. So... As this licensing piece was moving through the court system, they'd pulled it out of the big bill, of the big um, case. Then Attorney General Curtis Hill petitioned the court to dismiss on summary judgment all of the items that were listed in the court case. What that means is that the court looks at the uh, at, at the original case and looks at the summary judgment argument and says, these, This isn't even worth uh, litigating. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly enough, uh, Judge Barker granted summary judgment on some of them and not on others. Well, the, the one of the issues that she granted summary judgment on was the licensing. So that was dismissed from the lawsuit. Oh. So here we have judges making decisions based on the fact that that is still part of the original lawsuit. And they're saying things like, well, we'll let them open until the original lawsuit is uh, decided. But it isn't even a part of the lawsuit anymore.
1: So, <laughs> so, so what does that mean? For those of us who don't, who aren't in, what does that mean? If you take out that
2: piece from the lawsuit? Well, I've been attempting to answer that question for mm-hmm. quite a while. And what the attorneys tell me is, while it seems so ridiculous and so, just off the reservation, judges can do what judges want to do. Mm-hmm. So, that is is where the situation stood. So, Holowinds Health was allowed to open in South Bend without a... Do you
1: remember when they opened? When did they open that at, clinic? Uh,
2: 2019 is when they started doing abortions. Now, they'd been open, you know, had staff there and answer yeah. phones and that kind of thing prior to that. So... We have an abortion facility operating in South Bend virtually with no license. So another thing that reprotection does is routinely asks for the inspections, the inspection reports mm-hmm. when the Indiana State Department of Health inspectors go in to make certain that everything's being done properly and their notes. Because a lot of times there's more revealed in their notes than mm-hmm. on the report. So I requested for Women's Health, because in the judge's order, all the judges that ruled on this said that the Indiana State Department of Health should continue inspecting Mm -hmm. until this is resolved. Mm -hmm. So the Indiana State Department of Health tells me they're not licensed, so we don't have authority to inspect. So I am still working on this, Amber. I am. Well, and I
1: think it's this has been decades long. Because even when we did Inwood Drive, and I remember Linda Zimmerman mm-hmm. showing us from,
2: when was when was that? It, it, was
1: early it dated back to the early 90s where the health department said they don't have standing to well, go in. they didn't
2: in. at that time. Uh, they, they didn't have standing until the legislature passed the licensing mm-hmm. requirement, which then gave the Indiana State Department of Health the authority to go in and inspect. So this has been going on, as you said, for decades. Mm -hmm. So basically, we have Whole Women's Health, which is also at the center of the Texas law that we're going to discuss in a minute, operating an unlicensed, uninspected abortion facility in South Bend. So I really appreciate our legislators, especially from Northeast Indiana, because they are helping me try to get answers from the Indiana State Department of Health about why this facility is not inspected, especially when the the uh, judge's rulings said to inspect. Mm-hmm. So, stay tuned. Unfortunately, these things take forever. Yeah.
1: So, what is it for people who are in Indiana? What can people in Indiana do to help you and Reprotection and Right to Life Northeast Indiana? What What can they do to help?
2: Well, uh, the the Reprotection procedure is tedious yeah. and takes tenacity. Mm-hmm. So if anyone is willing to help, you know, volunteer to help us sift through all of the information that we get through public information, also I could really use someone to just help me stay on top of the complaints that have been filed. Here's a side story uh, mm-hmm. to explain the uh, frustrations of the whole uh, complaint process. Mm-hmm. So a complaint is different than a criminal charge. The bar is much lower for a complaint. For example, if you would go into a nursing home to visit grandma and you saw a nurse's aide abusing another patient, you can file a complaint. You don't have to know who the patient is. You don't have to know who the, the, who the nurse is. Who the nurse is. You, you just file a complaint and mm-hmm. it's incumbent upon the Indiana State Department of Health then to do an investigation or at least look into it. Yeah. So that has been extremely helpful for us. Well, about four years ago, I think it was, uh, we noticed that there were a, a multitude of termination of pregnancy reports. Now, that's the report that is required by law for every abortionist to complete for every baby who whose life ends. Uh, And that's for the
1: state of Indiana because not every state you have to file. Reporting is different.
2: Uh, Yes. So there are approximately 8,000 abortions done in the state of Indiana and when you hold a piece of paper in your hand and you realize that's the only evidence this child ever lived, it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And we just can't lose sight of what we do. These aren't pieces of paper and uh, legal filings and all of Mm -hmm. that. These are unborn, innocent little boys and girls. So we found that The abortionists across the state were not indicating that they were reporting abortions done on girls under age. It was 14 at the time. Mm -hmm. So we discussed this with the Indiana State Department of Health and we said, look almost every abortionist in the state's not reporting because it's not on here. Mm-hmm. So they looked into it and said, it's accurate information. We held press conferences across the state calling out these abortion providers. I, and we must have had, I don't know, four or five, maybe six in one day mm-hmm. announcing this. Next day, I get information from the Indiana State Department of Health saying, oops we had a computer glitch they actually reported it but it didn't print out on the records we sent you so that was to say the least disappointing so Mm -hmm. that was four years ago yeah So we continue to file complaints based on termination pregnancy reports being filed late, having missing information, having questionable information about the abortion procedure and that kind of thing. For example, you can't do a suction abortion on a second trimester baby. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to file these complaints only to find out last year that nothing had ever been done about that computer error four years ago. So that meant that nothing we filed was valid. It was all unsubstantiated because and we had rock-solid proof communication Mm -hmm. between the Indiana State Department of Health and Planned Parenthood's attorneys that uh, the uh, Department of Health admitted to the Planned Parenthood attorneys that they had a computer glitch. I continued to follow up, and as of a couple months ago, the information I got was, well, those people aren't here anymore. We're going to start on it. So the thing that really precipitated us finding out about this, that it hadn't been corrected, was that abortionist Deb Nukatola, uh, if people have followed uh, the CMP videos, the David Delight mm-hmm. videos, yeah. she was the one that was featured in the California video, crunching on salad and talking about where she crushes the baby, depending on what body parts are needed. Mm-hmm. Well, she is now... Involved here in Indiana. She's the medical director for Planned Parenthood. Anyway, she was doing abortions at the Lafayette Planned Parenthood, which is licensed only for pill abortions, and she reported that she did surgical abortions. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it was a typo, maybe not, but we filed complaints. Yeah. And that's the complaint that uncovered the fact that this had never been resolved. So all those hours that we spent combing through all those termination pregnancy reports mm-hmm. were for naught because. A computer glitch, to my knowledge, has still not been fixed. I don't so know if do it or not.
1: So who who is in charge of that?
2: Well, the head of the department is Dr. Box. Uh, that's a name that's familiar to everybody because yep. she's been front and center on the coronavirus issue. But ultimately, the Indiana State Department of Health, of health is under the purview of the governor.
1: So listeners could send emails, call the governor's office, perhaps maybe to have just say, hey, could you please address this issue?
2: Um, that couldn't hurt. The, the I always want to give the, any the individual doubt. the opportunity to do the right thing. Right. But I got to tell you about the end of my rope. Yeah, this. after
1: four years, I yeah. mean, come on. If
2: it wouldn't be that the legislators have been so um, helpful and uh, keep putting the pressure on. I just talked to a legislator last week and we're going to have yet another follow-up because legislators don't like to spend their time and their political capital passing these laws only to have the people that are responsible for enforcing them look the other way. Right. So that's that's the frustration of the complaint process. Yeah. But it worked um, to save babies in the abortionist Klopfer case. We filed over 2,000 complaints on missing uh, information from termination of pregnancy reports, and ultimately what got him was the um, the underage, back, the underage, yeah, mm-hmm. which you and guys really admitted, yeah, um, under sworn testimony that mm-hmm. he didn't report because he thought it was the family's responsibility, not his. Yeah.
1: So, if anybody listening, if you guys feel compelled to help in this mission, they <laughs> yes. absolutely need your help, and and what you do matters. I, you know, watch Inwood would drive. You can see how much what you do matters.
2: And absolutely, and. <laughs> You know, none of us that are involved, well, there are only two of us working part-time at this right now mm-hmm. because we don't have the funding to, to spend the time that it really needs. But yeah. it's it's really hard to tell the story and to get people excited mm-hmm. about supporting a project like this. It takes a long time. A lot of times, big donors are reluctant to give to a, a cause unless you can, you know, six months from now, you can say, well, here's six closed abortion facilities that yeah. work that way. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah we're, It's an incredible work that you're doing.
2: Well, I think it's uh, like every other Christian. The Lord calls us to different places on the yeah. battlefield. Mm-hmm. I get excited about this. It gets me up in the morning. Other people think I'm nuts. But yeah. <laughs> then I kind of look at people who can't wait to get back to the heart of Africa and, and be missionaries where there's yeah. no running water and, and <laughs> bugs as big as my head. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end. We really appreciate you being here. And be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org if you've missed any of these podcast episodes. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We will talk to you again next Tuesday.